0: The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell.
1: NFL is here. This is the season preview edition of the Dream Preview. And man, we've got the wise guy round table. And what a, I think it's going to be such a valuable addition. Matt Holt, vice president at CG Technology, formerly Cantor. Biggest bookmaker in Vegas when it comes to taking the big bets, when it comes to handle. And we're going to get that behind-the-counter perspective. Well, we've got a bookmaker. We also have the NFL better, only two-time Super Contest winner for you guys that don't know. And with the Podcast One relationship, partnership, Adam Carolla, a lot of new listeners. We know it. The Super Contest is like the World Series of Poker. Of NFL handicapping Fezzik won it twice Steve Fezzik and actually did it back to back just to just show off just a little bit and what a show we've got today with the round table we're going to be talking overrated teams underrated teams the value of Ezekiel Elliott Tannehill Luck Edelman all the questions the mainstream media is asking we're going to give you the vaguest answer a strong pros versus Joe's pros down on the team, Joe's up on this team. Also, wise guy team or teams. Wise guys are betting. Teams. Wise guys are fading. A best bet for Matt Holt. A best bet from Fezic. I mean, what an hour we've got coming up. First though, we're going to start with the Patriots. Patriots, best team in the league. Super Bowl future show that. But Faz, you actually believe. They're a lot better than people even think. We were on with Colin Cowherd doing a preview last Friday. It was released on Saturday on his podcast. And you said something that shocked Colin.
2: Yeah, I said that even without Tom Brady, they would be the number one pick to win the Super Bowl over any other team. So when
1: we say number one pick, we're saying best chance to win the Super Bowl. Maybe the odds wouldn't be best because the public wouldn't see as clearly. And, Matt, you can tell me what you think. Well, let's start there. Right now, if the only thing that changed in the NFL was Brady being out, what do you see the Super Bowl favorites being on the futures pool? Well,
3: well, what's amazing when we talk about Super Bowl favorites is, in my assumption, it would always be, well – if it wasn't the Patriots, it would be Seattle or Green Bay. But when you look at the odds to win the Super Bowl right now, the second choice is actually the Oakland Raiders,
1: due to the you know the regional bias we have here. So, and, and let's explain that. So, in Vegas, you've got to be, or in Nevada, you have to be in Nevada, yes. right? And thus, the we get a lot of LA batters, right? And and a lot of Raiders fans in LA, obviously the Bay Area, and now, and this is my question to you: with the Raiders coming to town. In the near future is that causing even more Raiders support more than ever Las Vegas have completely adopted the Oakland Raiders as
3: their team even though the Raiders won't be here for a couple of years and we have seen an overwhelming amount of Raiders support at the betting window by the public so much so that they are the clear second choice not tied for second in the betting odds clear second choice odds to win the Super Bowl in the futures market if you just look at the odds and where would you think the Patriots without Brady would be you know, assuming that we didn't have this regional bias for the Oakland Raiders, I think it would probably go Green Bay, Seattle, New England, Dallas. And
1: would New England be a clear third, or would they potentially be tied with uh, Green Bay and Seattle? So when you look at New England now, they're a three to one favorite, shorter than that
3: at very many books. I think it would be Green Bay six to one, Seattle and New England seven to one.
1: Okay. Now. That doesn't mean that Patriots wouldn't have the best chance. It would mean that the the biases of the public would have their say. Fez, make your case, because I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, you're saying this guy's an expert? He's crazy. Well, listen, you're going to have no doubt about his expertise before too long if you're a new listener. But Fez, make your case.
2: No doubt about my craziness. Also, let's do the ugly math. New England, I have them rated 10 points. Better than an average team with Tom Brady. All right. So
1: for those who are new, again, the way Fez does his power ratings, and we put these up at Pregame.com every week, is an average team is zero. Is If a team is better than average, you have a plus number that's the number of points better than zero. Worse than average, negative number. Right. So if you have a team that's negative two, playing a team that's a plus two, four-point difference, adjust for home field, you've got a beginning spread. All
2: right. So with the Pats, you've got them... Plus 10. And the next best team? Next best team is the Patriots. Without Tom Brady and Garoppolo, I would have them plus six. That's still one point better than the Pittsburgh Steelers that I have at plus five. All right, so right now you've got Steelers as the second best team? Yes. And who's next? Green Bay and Seattle are both, in my power ratings, four points better than an average team. Uh, And I think that's the consensus
1: top four. I think so. Everyone's in pretty much agreement there. Now, would you say the average professional batter would say that Brady or, or that the Patriots are five points better than the next team? Or are
2: you higher on the Pats? Than other pros. I think I'm higher on the Pats. If you look at the week one line against Kansas City, that opened minus seven. Now, they're home in Gillette. They got a four-point home field advantage. So the odds maker is saying, hey, the Patriots are only three points better than Kansas City. I have the Patriots eight points better than the Chiefs. Okay, so if Patriots
1: are eight points better than the Chiefs in in four-point home field, then you think that, I mean, this line's really short then to you.
2: It absolutely is, and I jumped all
1: over the minus seven. Okay, so how's the action come on that? That's the kickoff Thursday game. Uh, how's the action, Maddie? come in on that game? We've
3: actually got really good two-way action on that game. and we, you know, Anytime that we've gone to eight or eight and a half, I mean, we've seen that number hit nine already a couple of times. Um, we've gotten buyback on Kansas City, so we basically settled in at seven and a half, and
1: I think that come kickoff time, we're probably going to be seven and a half, eight. And it, when it comes to Sharps, because all bets are not created equal, obviously, and even some big bets aren't necessarily sharp, but you guys book faces, right? And this is something we'll be talking about, which is a 10, 000, all $10,000 bets not created equal is when it comes to the sharpest of the sharp players, any – Uh, Lopsidedness on this game Not necessarily but what's interesting about week One NFL is these lines are
3: up for months And months and months with short limits Right probably five dimes the most you can get Down but all of a sudden next Wednesday We'll be taking you know 200 dimes On this game so uh, What happens is a lot of times sharps tend To wait because they don't want to give away their Position for five dimes when they can lay 100 dimes next week so If there really is a strong
1: position By the sharps on this game we haven't seen It yet All right, so we talked about the big bets, CG takes. Now, if it's college basketball totals, you're not taking you know not yeah, even taking ten thousand, yeah. right? But the NFL market is extremely liquid, which means you guys will take bigger bets, but you guys take the biggest bets in town. Now, I get it. If someone comes up and you can tell they don't know anything, you're gonna take big, big, big bets. But what is the posted limit? If if uh, you know the most respected guy in town comes up with a couple bricks of cash, how much can he bet based on the posted limit? So we have what we call house limits here,
3: point post posted limits. That's anybody, stranger off there, anybody Anybody who walks in the door we give higher limits Obviously to VIP clients But to your point it just depends on the Liquidity in the market for NFL sides It's a hundred thousand dollars walk in the Door you can bet a hundred grand on an NFL side from Wednesday on Wednesday Of game week on uh, and It's
1: fifty thousand dollars college football Sides same thing NBA Fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand NBA sides. yeah what, what time Of the day at four o'clock Pacific let's Say game start tipping at what point do you go to fifty thousand on NBA sides? I think noon that day, noon game day. Wow, ah, it's pretty impressive. Um, now, obviously, we have a selection of people we could have in the pod from behind the counter. Obviously, we love what you do, so that's going to be the given built in here, right? But let's let's just be honest about. Las Vegas is a lot of bookmaking you know, the old joke. And Jimmy Vaccaro is the guy that I first heard say this. A great old time bookmaker. Uh, He's been here since the late 70s from the Pittsburgh Steubenville area. So we have that kinship is, you know, not a bookmaker, but like a a bookkeeper or a shoemaker. You know, you hear all these different things Um, when it comes to. Taking bets, let's say, like, what's the let's talk NFL sides for a minute. What's the other limits? You know, actually, what I want to talk about is banning players. So, Fez, and again, we're just going to tell the truth. If people don't like it, well, that's tough on them. Is like a place like the stations, right? So, big group of sports books and t- well it's all the same book really just you know sunset station green valley ranch i can give reviews of the buffets if you want as we go down <laughs> the list here is you're restricted how are you restricted at sunset or at the station?
2: yeah they're very nice to me and they let me oh, know listen now he's saying I, i'm gonna tell the facts but I'm, I'm gonna hope they don't make it worse i can bet every game and i can bet the house limits i just have to do it all at the same time one trip to the window per day
1: All right, so they don't want you to be able to see, oh, they just ticked up you know, five minutes before a game to seven and a half. They don't want you to gobble that up. Don't want me
2: cherry-picking the soft lines, yes. All
1: right, now William Hill, another big book in town. They have a big European presence, and from what I feel, the European books are very aggressive over there. I'm not allowed to bet there. At William Hill in in Europe, or you're talking William here? Hill here. I'm not allowed to. Bet so there. is that because you're a bookmaker, or just because of your results?
3: Uh, that I think they throw at anyone who's sharp, and I, I don't know that I'm necessarily sharp, but I just
2: think I get associated. But you're with sharp being, so. enough
1: to be on on the Dream Pod. <laughs> the, false
2: modesty doesn't go here. <laughs> and Fez what about you at William Hill? Yeah, I'm on the bar list awesome. Yeah. All right.
1: So I'm the only guy can bet it, William. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be a runner for you guys, maybe. But there you go. That's, that's an interesting example where they're just saying, forget about it. We're not interested. Now, at CG Technology is, and you guys are, you know, at the M, at Venetian, at, um, what's the other big one? Cosmopolitan, Palazzo,
3: uh, the Palms. Those are kind of some of the bigger ones. Tropicana. Then we have Silverton, Tropicana,
1: Hard Rock. So many, many locations mm-hmm. around town. Is, is there anyone that is limited in any way? Is there anyone that can't play how, the house limits?
3: The only time we go after players to limit them or even ban them is if they're trying. If they,
1: A, the only bets they make are scalps. Or if B, they try to take. Why would that bother you though? If if you you're putting that number out there, that's you saying you want to take a bet before you move. Sure, we just limit them. If you're only gonna bet scalps, it's fine. We don't kick you out. Okay. Most
3: places kick you out. We just limit you, so we know. All right, the, when, when a scalp comes in, this is what it's going to be for, because okay. they normally make the same bets every time, whatever they can.
2: There are guys that only bet when, oh, Kyrie Irving is out for the Cavs. Boom, like yeah. clockwork. Maddie sees those bets. Which well, that's yeah. slightly
1: different. I mean, let's get the terminology straight. That is, you know, let's say uh, getting ahead of information where a scout might be uh, a game got hit. The mo- you're a little behind. You're 40 seconds behind on the money line, and they're grabbing that money line. If the only
3: thing you ever play is scalps or advantage plays, will probably set you a limit. And I'll say this: none I of those. We
1: need to advantage. Every play the same Fez thing. makes is
3: an advantage. So play. you haven't made a play so, in two months. Okay. To Fez's point. All of a sudden, uh, Kyrie's out, and so we're 30 it's seconds. It's like a yes. rogue play. Yeah,
1: well, rogue number. Yeah, that they're gr- okay, but advantage is in. But you've got guys that have won. Every year for like five years that are still there. We took
3: the biggest limits uh, here, anywhere that I ever knew from the most famous sports better ever
1: who doesn't even bet anymore. Uh, with the BW initials, as I'll say, Maddie won't. Okay. Now, <laughs> here is the question. So those winners, do you limit them below house or they get house? Normally, they get house uh, uh, on that sport, but right? Someone's listening. say normally. What does that mean? So there's
3: again, as long as you're a normal player, you play every day. You you know you or you play regularly.
1: And your rationale is that since you're taking the biggest and correct me on this if I'm wrong, since you're taking the biggest limits, that means that people aren't going to necessarily the big bettors aren't going to want to try to fake you know dummy up the line through you because why dummy up through the biggest you know limits because if they come in at half half limit, you're not going to take it as seriously when they bet limits. Often, so it 's more expensive to dummy up the lines through you through c g thus they 're not going to do that as much, and you figure the cost of taking that crack at the limit. You gain enough knowledge because you feel good that it's legit plays that it's worth it and and not only the knowledge We gain, but we have the highest
3: Recreational players in town and when you have recreational players that have been known they tweet out their tickets of seven-figure bets It's nice to have the guys that you know that'll come in and take you off some of that all the time, too So the sharps can be advantageous to the books if you manage
1: them and work together with them properly Is there any other book? You know something – we'll talk about books and, and kind of the landscape in Vegas, the landscape offshore throughout the year. So I, that was a good little introduction. Very interesting. So let's wrap it up with the Patriots. Fez, last question for me on this one. What is it that you're – first of all, anyone that's listening to the Dream Pod or as we're calling it, the Dream Preview now, is they know you love Brady and Belichick and you think all the stats – don't really tell the whole story. That's the only team that the stats guys always underrate. So let's accept that, right? Brady and Belichick, the the, the qual their, their how good they are doesn't always show up in the numbers. And you see that and some of the numbers guys refuse to see that. Is there any reason beyond that you've got the Pats relatively so highly rated? No. Just uh, say so You're in line with everyone else except you've gone up a point, point and a half
2: because you just think the Pats typically are underrated by that much perpetual. I, I do think the market is not reflecting the fact that they didn't get one new wide receiver. They lost Edelman. The market realizes that. They picked up Cooks, who's a very gifted wide receiver from New Orleans, but they also got the best tight end in the entire National Football League, a guy by the name of Gronk. He missed 10 games last year. Okay, so the sense of people aren't – quantifying
1: how, how absent Gronk was last year. Okay, interesting. Any last thoughts on the Pats, Matty? Uh, From Just from a pure roster standpoint, they're one of
3: the hardest teams for us to figure out every year because their roster isn't that much far ahead of everyone's, to, to Fez's point, but yet the results end up being. This is a team where you're already, in our eyes as bookmakers, paying a premium last year, and yet they were still the best team against the spread. What do you do with a team like that? It's unbelievable.
1: And I haven't updated this number, and I will for week one. The, the year after Brady and Belichick won the Super Bowl, you say, okay, I'm going to bet them blind. I just have a feeling about these two. You would think you wouldn't have a great record because they've been winning so much. There'd be a premium after premium after premium. It's about 59% against the spread the, the, the year after and beyond uh, with Brady Belichick so I mean It really shows you that premiums there And they've exceeded that And and I think that speaks to yeah I mean what other team well see There's just so few teams that have the same coach Same core for so long But usually a team can beat the market a year, maybe two. And then there's a boomerang because
2: everyone's batting them. The Pats, it seems like the line can never get too out in front. Yeah, 16-3 and against the spread last year. And that 59% run since they won the first Super Bowl, I would have laid 100 to make one that a team as successful as the Patriots could not cover 60% of their games, and I would have lost.
1: Last question on the Pats is the division. I mean, this is... As weak a division. If you say, other than a team in the division, like the three weakest teams in a division, who's the weakest division? I mean, isn't it clearly the AFC East? If you Absolutely. say, take away the best team, you know, let's say Steelers are the best team. Okay, you've got Ravens, Bengals, Browns. And go through every division. Is, is it even close, the bottom three teams? Not only is it not close this year, I think. This could be the most lopsided, worst division with the bottom three in a long time. And right now at CG, what's the odds on Pats just to win the division? 1-20, to 20, which since we started putting up odds to uh, win the four-team
3: divisions eight years ago, this is by far the biggest favorite in our eight-year run
1: of any team to win their single four-team division. That's Matty Holt, also around the... Wise Guy Roundtable, Steve Fezic, I'm RJ Bell. All right. Overrated, underrated. Fez, you've got your power ratings. We talk about them all the time. That's the starting point of the handicap. You've got the Houston Texans overrated. You think that they the, the market, the general mainstream thinks Houston is better than they are. Tell us why.
2: One factor, and it's not being reflected the hurricane. I think the hurricane is going to completely derail this team, the distractions of it. I know what happened with Katrina, and I know that the Saints got displaced, and there's been no reaction. The season win number has stayed at 8.5. I don't understand it. I think it will absolutely make it very difficult for Houston to succeed this year.
1: So if we would have recorded this podcast a week ago, you wouldn't have had Houston so overrated. Not at all.
2: And now I think
0: that
1: they're the most— this is a
2: one-factor handicap Saints eight wins eight wins Saints Katrina three wins Saints the next year playoff team and I also think you
1: know you were talking about the Rams last year about that that movement being something that was going to be hard on them and people don't realize I don't care if you're a millionaire or not you've got to get your kids in school you've got to worry about the practicalities of life Maddie what's your take on the Texans i don't really know how to how
3: this is going to affect teams we always talk about things like travel displacement uh, or certain issues and every single year there can be cases made that, you know, the west to east travel means less because travel so much easier now. And the way the teams travels better and, and, the you know, everything they get, they're used to traveling. They start traveling in AAU ball. And I, I do agree that it's going to be a distraction. I just don't know that it's going to be the same distraction that it would have been 12 years ago for Katrina or prior to that. Because the way that
1: we handle those situations, I feel like, is better than it's ever been. Matty, wh- how are you... How is the Houston quarterback battle affecting the action you see on Houston? This is one of the
3: rare circumstances where a team doesn't have a really solidified starting quarterback here in Tommy Savage. And the backup's getting all this love in Deshaun Watson. And what we've seen in the preseason is that every time Deshaun Watson plays well, and coincidentally, you know, the Jaguars are having so many problems. The Colts are having so many problems with India, uh, with uh, Andrew Luck. We're actually seeing money come in on the— the houston texans and a lot of it has to correlate with the excitement people have around the potential of deshaun Watson, deshaun watson and what he may do with those two great wide receivers and that defense but the simple fact is he's not even going to start any any games this year probably and he's having an effect on how people are betting the
1: texans this season you would let me bet over a half a game starts for what watson let's go let's go put that baby up I would make a $5,
3: $5 charity bet, to Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund bet with you that uh, Deshaun Watson over under one and a half, one and a half, no juice either way. $5 charity Poor relief Sam. fund.
2: Oh, he's. I think they're going to have a bad year, so it's a great bet for me to bet over one and a half. All right. So
1: one thing we'll be talking about this whole hour is how the futures markets – are different betting pools based on what market it is. So the Super Bowl future is usually the squarest pool. Mm-hmm. Uh things like win totals more professional. When you talk about this Houston money coming in um and and the the Watson quarterback narrative I'm assuming that's the recreational pools sure
3: and especially in the odds to win the division where we've also seen Indianapolis and Jacksonville drop they started off the four were very very close the fact this was the closest division when we initially put the odds up from from team a all the way down to team d the four teams but now what we've seen is Jacksonville's down to five to one nobody wants anything to do with the Jaguars the Colts are falling off a cliff now that Andrew Luck has all these injury issues and the rest of their roster isn't very good we've seen their their number drop a lot. Subsequently, what we've seen is a
1: rise with the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. And we're teasing ahead here is we'll be talking about the wise guy teams that are being backed. And, well, we gave a hint. Tennessee is going to be one of them.
2: Yeah. Houston, also sexy defense. J.J. Watt. Is there such a thing? You got Marcellus killing people out there. You got Clowney out there. It's the one team that the The, public- the lack of quarterback— It doesn't seem to be the
1: death now in the eyes of the public. Right, because they love those defensive players. So, guys, we didn't— The wide receivers, too. DeAndre Hopkins, Fuller, they love those guys. We didn't plan on talking about this, but, man, it seems like it's a perfect storm to bet Tennessee to win the division. Uh, And, again, no pun intended with the storm, but we've got the storm issue with Houston. So, if you believe Fez on that, and I do, actually, I think that uh, that's a big, you know, significant— uh, downward pull on the season for the Texans, and like we said, Andrew Luck is a big old question mark week one and beyond. And additionally, I mean, if Bortles is starting, you know that's not a threat. So, would it, what's the odds right? And obviously, we would shop. We wouldn't just play at CGT. But what's the odds right now in Tennessee to win the division? So Tennessee
3: for us is plus one forty, which is good because a lot of places are six to five. We're seven to half?
2: five. Fast. Yeah, that's that's you can get that around town. Plus 140. You like that? I like it better plus the 210. But yes, yes, it's one of the better futures bets. It's a two-team race. The, 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 and I don't like Houston. And Indy's not going to be able to win it unless luck miraculously comes back and is healthy. And Jacksonville got eliminated last week.
1: And we're going to talk about luck. But, I mean, let's quickly, when you say miraculously— you're saying
2: that it's that unlikely that Luck's going to be healthy, have a majority of the year healthy? Yeah, he had his surgery seven months ago. He's still on the PUP list. He's yet to practice. And if he can't even practice, we think he's going to come back and be close to 100% when he does get back, which might be week four. RJ, it might be like Peyton Manning. He might not come back all year long. What, I mean – Matt, you've got that
1: huge advantage because you do cultivate as a company those relationships with the sharpest of the sharps. You know, sometimes you're having a quick talk, right? They make their bet. You talk to them. I mean, what are you hearing about? What's the pros think about luck and and the Colts. To give you an example of how scared we were with this
3: situation, when Ryan Tannehill went down, we never dropped, took anything off the board with Miami. We just kept him up. When Andrew Luck injury came out, we took everything off the board. Season wins. The futures market with him. It was it was really hard to figure out. He is so important, maybe as important as any player in the National Football League to his team because that roster is so bad. Uh, I, I'm with Fez on this one. The the sharp people that I've heard from say it's going to be a long year for, for the Colts and that if they start you know one in five or one in four without him and it looks like look this roster wasn't supposed to be that great anyway they may not rush him back it could very well end up being a Peyton Manning situation where
1: they're one in seven and why are we bringing this our star quarterback back to for no reason underrated team you've got the Arizona Cardinals Faz make your case
2: yeah their stats were good last year uh they were in the NFC championship game two years ago How good were they supposed to be? Well, they were laying 10 against the Patriots week one. Okay, that was a bad line, but still minus 10 against Garoppolo. And they went 7, 8, and 1. They went 7, 8, and 1 despite outgaining their opponents by our favorite metric, yards per play differential. So they gain six yards per play. They give up 5.4, something like that. So they had the statistics of a 10 and 6 team. And And we talk about that. All the time. where are net yards per play If for just
1: one readily available stat. How many yards does a team gain when they snap the ball on offense? How many yards do they give up when the other team snaps the ball? That number is important. And usually if you're at week 8, 9, 10, and the one win-loss record is misaligned from that yards per play and it's not major injuries or whatever usually the teams move back in the direction of those stats and you're saying even over the course of a season hey the record was misaligned the stats were better thus the team was better but he, let me counterpoint that Palmer quarterbacks king you can't win without a quarterback he looked old and he's a year older
2: Yeah, but it's September, so we'll worry about that in November and December and in the futures markets, but I'm betting on Arizona right now in September, and right now I'm not worried about his health.
1: That is such a key point. When we assess teams in the preseason, there's two major ways to assess them. How good are they going to be at the start of the season, and what's my confidence or lack thereof throughout the whole season? So let's say you had a quarterback that's been hurt every year for five years but when he's healthy he's as good as anybody well if he's healthy for game one doesn't really matter if he's gonna be hurt in game five or game seven you're gonna handicap that team in game one with that quarterback being healthy but if you were looking to bet a season win total well his erraticness of health the 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 variance of his health has to become a big factor so you you would be higher fez on arizona At the start of the season than you would on, let's say, season-long bets because not only will Palmer be getting older every day, like all of us, but also the physical pounding of the NFL age tends to show up in the second half more.
2: Yes, and he's somewhat fragile compared to a Russell Wilson who gets pounded on. He never misses a game. Thoughts on
3: the cards. I I do agree that the cards were a little bit undervalued to start this whole, you know, futures market season win market pool. But I I really do worry about Carson Palmer and the dead arm. The fact that they have, um, you know, they weren't having him throw in practice so much. Why can't he throw in practice? Oh, we're worried he's going to have a dead arm again. And what we saw is when his arm is dead, he throws more interceptions. They turn the ball over more. But when he's healthy and his arm's fine, sure, they throw the ball down, feel great. They have a great running game. I'm just nervous about that dead arm, and for that reason. And they've lost a couple guys. This roster isn't better than last year's roster, and it isn't better than two years ago's roster. Is it equal? No, it, it's not that much worse. Maybe the drop-off wasn't by a lot, but
1: it's not better. Great stuff. And I love when we disagree. I love when we agree because then we can have actionable information with confidence, but disagreements, I think it really and, – and for the listener, you get to decide. It's not just Matt Holt – thinks down Fezzik thinks up it's Fezzik thinks up because of X Matt in this case thinks down because of Y and you say huh makes sense that arm or yeah maybe but game one he's gonna be fine I love it so you know our goal is to get you the Vegas perspective and oftentimes you've got to interpret that and decide what it means to your handicap all right Matty one of the fun things we do every week is Fezzik has 32 teams he's got to be right on All of them. I always like to quote one of my favorite movies: Heat, Robert De Niro, Pacino. You see Heat? Yes. Familiar with this so good, familiar or you 've seen it like ten times i 've seen it a couple times <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> all
1: right you got a few more is uh, Bill Simmons just did a rewatchable podcast on Heat, and they would just rave it 's such a good movie, and there was a point where uh, they 're talking to De Niro and he says, Pacino, he loves you you know he 's saying you 're sharp about this you 're sharp about that, but you remember he only has to be right once. you have to be right every time, or as the criminal De Niro, gets caught. Faz has to be right 32 times. Yeah, that's tough. Which team do you disagree with the most in his ratings? For for me, it's Kansas City-Denver.
3: It's the AFC West, and, and I've seen this over so and two over. Two teams. Where which, I would flip-flop. Right. Basically, he has Denver as a very average team. Kansas City, two points better than average. I actually think Denver is two-point better than average, and Kansas City is now an average team. And for me, it comes down to... Look, Trevor Simeon was a first-time starter last year. Most of the time, when a first-time starter comes back a second year, they become a better starting quarterback. You could make a case that Trevor Simeon had shoulder injuries last year, that he'll be a little bit better this year, more efficient in the offense. And this is the only defense in the entire NFL last year in a passing league that allowed less than 200 yards a game through the air. So this defense is still playing at an elite level. This may be the best pass defense the entire NFL. NFL in a past league Kansas City just lost their number one running back Spencer Ware Alex Smith certainly isn't getting any better in that offense and I think that defense is kind of getting old you know uh Kali or and some of those guys are starting to get a little older I think this is I think I like the Denver defense better
1: I think Trevor Simeon does what he's supposed to do takes the step up Denver wins the division and we talked about this with Colin last week which is Teams know more about their players than we ever will. It doesn't matter how sharp you are and the way that they make trades or draft. And if you got Andy Reid, if you really thought this was a competitive team, even to make the conference finals, do you pick a quarterback that high? Isn't that – isn't he – cueing us in to a, a little bit of pessimism about their ability. Obviously, Alex Smith isn't getting much worse either. So you know his baseline. So thus they're saying, with the team we got, we, we got to look towards the future. Fast counterpoint. All
2: right, let's start with Kansas City. I think the past— <laughs> He says, let's start. He's right. Yeah. yeah the, I think over the past—is this four years or five years? I'm not sure. But Brady's won the most games that he started, 47 Uh, Russell Wilson's number two at 45. Guess who's number three in the NFL? Alex Smith third best winning quarterback all he does is win i agree with maddie the stats for kansas city very average very mediocre but andy reed for being a bad game manager boy this team finds a way to win game after game they went 12 and 4 last year that's it's remarkable because they get no respect at all they just they're a lunch pail team so i can see that um maybe i've got them a little overrated to the stats say they're much more of a medium type team but i know that i know they're better than an average team maybe they should only be one point better
1: But you stand behind Kansas City better than Denver.
2: Absolutely. Now, Denver, uh, what's, what's interesting, you just made my, my case for me, and I appreciate it, RJ. The organization knows far better than us whether a quarterback is going to succeed. So Denver knows that Simeon, a seventh-round pick out of Northwestern, should not be their quarterback. And they, they went ahead and drafted a guy in the first round, Lynch, and he didn't work out. That's the quarterback they wanted to have for a starter, but they're stuck with Simeon. Now, Simeon, uh, Maddie brought but up— But they
1: did that concurrently, right?
2: Yeah, but but the point is they don't want—they they wouldn't have blown a first-round draft pick if but they did Brady didn't.
1: was in the sixth. Round. Right? I mean, obviously, they, they didn't know Simeon would be even able to be an average starter or even slightly below. But I agree with you. Obviously, Simeon is not pedigreed. Let's agree to that. And I think he has a ceiling. But we're not talking about Denver winning the Super Bowl, right? We're talking about
2: are they better in Kansas City. And, and Simeon has played much better than expectations. Matty brought up a good point. He got injured twice last year. That's why the wheels came off. Well, why did he get injured? The O-line can't block. Well, the O-line's no better this year is the problem. And we talk about first year. Guys, for Simeon, Well, what about the first-year head coach, Vance Joseph? How good a coach is he going to be for Denver now? That could be a major concern as well. I agree with that. What's your thoughts on the coach?
3: I I like the coach. I think it's a good fit in this situation, and I think Simeon could take that step forward. And I always look for a quarterback to maybe take that step forward, and we know Alex Smith isn't going to. He is what he is. Maybe Simeon does take a step forward because the the surrounding cast of of weapons is fine. You know, Demarius Thomas and their receivers, they have the same C.J. Anderson running back backfield with Booker I just think if he takes a little step forward I don't think anyone can dispute that defense who we saw win a Super Bowl two years ago the only defense in the league last year despite the fact that everyone said they were underwhelming the only defense in the league to allow less than 200 yards per game through the
1: air and that has to mean something in a passing league Especially with the rules these days, what's the what's the over under win total right now? And the because really they're in the same division, so this is apples to apples pretty much. I mean, obviously it's the first, you know uh, Kansas City, I guess, was the the division winner rack uh, opponents, but what's the numbers? It's basically a game difference. So
3: Denver opened eight over thirty. Now they're eight pick em. Kansas City opened nine over
1: thirty five. Now they're nine over twenty. So really, the market is saying Kansas City is clearly better, clearly so you, a game better, and you are. Uh, you are being contrarian, thinking Denver is at least as good.
3: Yeah, and this is another case where in a four-team division, I thought the gap between the top three and even all four was relatively close when I did my numbers. Yet I could get Denver at four to one to win the division. I thought, boy, they're just not that big a gap between these teams. I think Denver's a little bit better than people might think.
2: Denver caught a big break in their stats because they faced Oakland at the end of the year without Carr, so that helped their defensive stats too. One sixteenth. I
1: mean, every team plays a quarterback. This is his classic instead move. of giving up thirty,
2: they gave up six points. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, great stuff. And 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 guys, if you've listened before, you've heard this, but it's important. The only way you can win at sports betting is to be contrarian and right. If you're contrarian and wrong, well, it doesn't matter. But if you just have the same opinion as the market with a VIG Maddie's friend, the VIG, but he's not our <laughs> friend. It eats you up. So I love when our guys, when the roundtable has opinions different than the marketplace. Okay. Pros versus Joe's, right? Pros, professional batters, Joe's average batters. There's a big, big difference. We're going to start with Fez on this one. The, I won't do the, Oh, I will. Oakland Raiders. Oh, that wasn't so good. Is the Joe's love them. And you were talking about the geographic proximity, uh, the adoptive hometown now, soon to be the hometown. A lot of love there, and the Joes are a big part
2: of that. Prozo down, Wi Yeah, they have the statistics of A8 and eight team their yards per play, we talk about that a lot. It's our number one metric. They gained less than six yards per play. Their defense was terrible. It gave up more than six yards per play. It is so. In, it was a below average team. It was a below average team in the stats. Yet they went twelve and four despite only out, out, yard, not out yard out yarding outpointing their opponents by thirty one. Now historically, RJ, they're the worst twelve and four team in the history of the NFL. How did they manage that? Well. They won every coin flip game. They went for two, down one at the end of games, and they got it every single time. They were something like 8-1 and one in close games last year.
1: Okay, so the, I love the all-time historical kind of things because those are good tweets. When you say the worst 12-4 team in the history of the NFL,
2: is that you guessing or you went back and looked at the 12-4 teams? Someone else went back and looked at the 12-and-4 teams. Normally a 12-and-4 team has out more points by 70-plus on their opponents. What happened is that there's a group, a band, that only outscored their opponents by 31 to 70 points. The Raiders were the worst. All of those teams in the very next year only averaged 8.5 wins the following year. I would ask him to
1: clarify that, but then he'd just repeat it. So we're, we're going to accept that one isn't. <laughs> I totally got it. You got it? Yeah. Well, you give us the translation. So that means that of all the teams, there, there's this group of teams
3: that throughout the history of time that went 12 and 4, yet only outscored their opponents by 31 to 70 points through, throughout an entire season. Of those teams that only outscored their opponents by 31 to 70 points the next year, they only averaged winning eight and a half games.
1: And a lot of the 12 and 4 teams outscored them by more than 70? Yes, those
3: okay. were
2: the legitimate. And no,
1: one, and no one outscored of the 12 and four by less than 34.
2: None of them, correct.
1: Okay, so way, the, the way I would have said it is is teams that were 12 and four that didn't outscore their opponents by more than 70 points. Like starting at the 34 was what was confusing. But <laughs> hey, you got it. So there you go. Thank right? you, Maddie. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> yay. All right, which. Uh, What's your take on the Raiders? What have you seen behind the counter with the Raiders? This is what
3: is indicative to me of sharp action more than anything else, and this is what people can sometimes look for. We have taken more bets, tickets written, that is, On the Oakland Raiders, season win total over than any other team, yet they opened 9.5 over minus 140, and now they're 9.5 under minus 120. Yet we have more over tickets written on the Raiders than any other team. That shows you how much sharp money is coming back on the under.
2: It's the same as the boxing match. So everyone's coming up and betting $25, $50, $80 on the Raiders, and once every three days someone comes in, Maddie, and they're saying, I want five dimes on the under. Yep.
1: Or me on the boxing match putting 15 dimes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also with the Raiders, the most tickets to win the Super Bowl. of A team. So this is a classic pros versus Joes. And I do think, and and listen, Fez, if people were listening closely, would say, wait a minute, you were talking about how Denver played one game against the Raiders without Carr, so the stats were padded a little bit or it was easier on the defensive side for Denver. But you were talking about the yards per play. while Carr was out some of those games too. So obviously a slight adjustment, but that doesn't change, you know, where you can't hold Oakland accountable for those non-Carr games. But still the stats weren't even, you know, weren't above average in the other game.
2: Yes so they would have been an average team with if we take that game out I know one other thing with the raiders historically rj when they go to the east coast 1 and 18 these oakland raiders last year they went to the central and the east time zones um 5 times 5 and 0 aberration
1: last thing and this is one of those kind of teach a man to fish he eats forever a fish sandwich he eats lunch is And you guys can jump in on this. One of the two best ways, I think, to find teams that are going to over or underperform relative to the prior year is close victories or losses. So if you're disproportionate too many wins or too many losses in close games the prior year, you tend to even out in the long run. The math guys feel strongly there is no clutch, there is no teams, maybe the Patriots, but otherwise no teams that tend to win more close games over the long, long run than other teams. Number two, turnovers. Turnovers have a huge element of luck in them, and thus if you had a bunch of big positive number, it's going to be tough to replicate that big negative number, you're probably going to improve. Agree? I agree. All right, next one. Let's go through this one quick because it's so easy. We know how important quarterbacks are. Uh, we had a, the biggest non quarterback injury, running back for the Cowboys, Elliott. What did you see? You know, my big debate was, and Fez tends to come on the higher side of this, and you'll get to hear guys, me and Fez debate in the NFL like crazy on Fox Sports Radio. 330 stations national show launching friday this friday coming up september 1st friday night 11 to midnight pacific time and if you're on the east coast you're getting out of the bar just leave right before last call and you can get the from two to three you can listen just don't pat you know i'm fearful though people might be listening in the garage with a little buzz on and then they let the car keep running Oh, my God. That would be like in a way we would feel like, wow, look how great the show is. But then, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't want people dying with carbon monoxide poisoning. But either way, when the bar lets out and then on Saturday, it's 10 to midnight Pacific. So we have an extra hour early and obviously one to three Eastern time, 330 stations, Sirius Channel 83, iHeartRadio app. And Maddie, we're going to have to figure out how to pre-tape with you, but we'll have you involved too, Hopefully. Um, when it comes to the debates about players I thought Elliot was a half a point Fez was leaning towards the point Where did you come down? We were kind of in that
3: .75, actually, when we heard the suspension. But here was our problem. But prior to the suspension, our biggest week one liability was already the New York Giants, both money line and on the spread. So this is a spread that was already coming down. We were already getting overwhelmed with Giants money, both money lined and spread prior to the suspension. So we wanted to push it a little harder with the suspension because we're trying to get some Dallas money. We wanted to stop the flow of Giants' money. The the problem was the market didn't really react to that. The market kind of said, no, he's definitely not a full point. He's only a half. Um, And it was hard to gauge because we're already getting so much Giants' money. Do you feel
1: like the market is from the, the kind of the Vegas says, the Vegas market says more towards the half point? I do think so. So the Vegas is saying I'm correct and Steve Fezzik's Because right. I can see that I saw I the hear, amount I, of money bet prior up, hold to hold suspension up, I, I and after. You, I didn't hear you answer. The Vegas market was saying Steve Fezzik wrong, R.J. Bell right. Yep. Oh, know,
2: why does he look like he, his puppy <laughs> died or something? I'm going to come over the top here. Oh. Long before the Elliott suspension, we did a video at, for pregame, and I picked the Giants plus six, and I predicted the line would go down to three and a half without any Elliott news.
1: And again, that's the thing. If you just look at the market, you know, in
2: college we had the phrase uh,
1: in finance "citrus, citrus paribus. <laughs> it's been a while since I said it, and which meant all things equal and just one variable. And we can never have that, right? Time that's doesn't right. freeze. The people, you know, maybe people were thinking about betting the Giants. They heard about the interest. Said, "Well, we better bet now." You know, who knows, right? So, um, I mean, I think we get a general feeling based on the market move. So. Um, Maddie, you had some strong feelings about how more than ever that the non-quarterbacks just are not moving the number. And I mean, I've been saying for a while, I think there's about three dozen non-quarterbacks in the NFL that even move the knee to a half a point. So about one per team and just, you know, slightly more. Uh, What do you think? Uh, Look at ten years ago, Ezekiel
3: Elliott, the leading rusher from the season before, that would have been a point and a half two per game. Now, all of a sudden, you know Ezekiel Elliott might be the only running back besides Le'Veon Bell that even moves the number at all. None of these other injuries. Arizona, John, doesn't Arizona's running back move it? A little bit, but it's surprising how little any of these guys. You know, the Bears lose their leading receiver, Meredith. He's a big key to that offense. Nobody even seems to mind. No one seems to care. It doesn't seem to move numbers. I remember saying last year throughout the football season, I am blown away by how little non-quarterbacks move the numbers, yet there's a lot of really smart people telling me every week, hey, this guy's really important to this team, and this guy's really important to this team, but we're not seeing it in the market. That's
1: Maddie Holt, CG Technology Vice President. He's the bookmaker. Steve Fezic, he's the better. Fez, let's talk Tannehill quickly because you have a fascinating. I mean, you know, whenever you talk to poker players, the very good ones, the, you know, the Doyle Brunson types, is you ask them about a certain hand, what should I do here? The answer is almost always, it depends. There's always more complexity. Sometimes you raise with aces, sometimes, you know, I actually have heard people debate in certain tournaments, you should fold with aces in a certain spot if you're on, if, if it's for your whole stack and you're on the bubble and I'm not a tournament expert at all, but it, it does depend. And same thing, I think with advanced, really the highest level of handicapping, give us a quick brain dump on Tannehill and Cutler and how you see that evolving.
2: Yes. Yeah, so let me go chronologically because my brain works that way. So Tannehill, Miami Dolphins, right about an average team. Maybe, maybe you could argue they're a little bit better, a little bit worse. I'd argue that they're right about average, a zero in my ratings. All right, Matt Moore comes in. You replace Tannehill. Boom, they become two points worse. I would make them a minus two. Now, we upgrade supposedly to Cutler. I don't think it's an upgrade initially. I load him another point to minus three. I was thinking about lowering him two points, but I lowered him one to minus three. Cutler's the worst of the three options. Now, this will change as the year goes on as he gets some familiarity with the players. Remember, he knows Gase, so that, that will help. Maybe he'll get up to speed faster. By week four, he might be as good as Moore. By week nine, he might be as good as Tannehill. We'll have to watch and see.
1: So, think about that. Worse than the backup in week one, might be as good as the starter in week 14. It certainly does depend. I agree with what he's saying. I'm probably more pessimistic. I'm probably a quarter point less or more pessimistic, you know, downward on Cutler in general. I just believe personality, spe- especially with the, the millennials these days. I mean, like that no asshole rule. that that, you know some companies talk about it's like you know the the 22 year olds today don't really suffer and again we can all debate how you know right or wrong they are as a as a generation about this or that but in general I think guys like Cutler struggle more today than they did even 10 or 15 years ago uh, when it comes to clubhouse relationships and locker room relationships what's your general take on the Dolphins the the one thing I didn't understand about the Cutler situation is all through the
3: offseason he said or everybody said hey this guy's a deep ball thrower, and because of his surgery, he'll never be able to throw the deep ball again, and that's why he retired. But suddenly, Gase comes along, in this opportunity to fit in with a coach he's familiar with and a system he's familiar with. The elbow's fine; he could throw the ball. And here we go: Jay Cutler's coming in, and I'm just not a hundred percent sure. Either he didn't really want to play football, or the elbow's not quite really there. And to your point,
1: not sure it'll get there in the next few weeks. That's a good point. I haven't heard that one before. Very good. All right, guys. We're going to have best bets coming up in a couple of minutes. First, though, we're going to tell you a couple of teams the wise guys are betting, taking off the rubber band for a couple of teams are fading. Then we're going to debate the Jets and are they tanking? This could be first take style because I disagree with Fez on this one. Let's start with you, Maddie. Uh, we talked about Tennessee. Wise guys up on Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely, and this started early here, Tennessee Titans. I think
3: there was a lot of love for the Titans anyway. Again, this is the Mariota supposed to take that leap forward this year. Both lines strong, strong at the core. But now, when you add in the factor, Jacksonville surging backwards, Indianapolis surging backwards with the luck injuries, Houston maybe has some issues there, and all of a sudden they're really surging. There's there were a lot of reasons to like Tennessee coming into the year, but now with the teams in their division all heading maybe in the wrong direction,
1: this could be one of the the fastest surging teams on the betting board. We talked about how there's different bettors and different pools. We've also talked about the horizon of the bat, whereas if it's season-long versus game one or whatever uh, game or week one, week two, when it comes to Tennessee, you ticked off a lot of things about why relatively they have a better chance to win the division and then potentially, obviously, you can't win the Super Bowl if you don't win or don't make the playoffs. Thus, their Super Bowl odds improve and all that. How are the Sharps betting Tennessee? Is it more relative to the division or is it more? Because you guys are the first at CG in the world to put up week one through week 16. Where did the money come in on Tennessee? Uh, all throughout weeks two through 16. And so it really, all the individual games. And a great example is week one
3: right out of the gate. The most, we've talked to over and over in this segment how the Oakland Raiders are the most wagered on team regionally here. They play the Oakland Raiders week one. That line hasn't moved. It has stayed right where it is, and the only time it has moved, it's gone toward Tennessee's favor from Oakland 1 to pick to Tennessee 1 or back to pick. So, you know, despite all this Oakland money coming in, Tennessee has held that line strong because the Sharps like the Titans.
1: Fast Titans.
2: Yeah, and we talked about this with Colin about how the odds makers knew knew Tennessee should be favored, but they're like, they're all going to bet the Raiders. We'll make the Raiders minus two. And you know what? Those $50 bets, even though there's thousands of them, don't matter to a hill of beans when everyone's limit betting you with the Titans, right, Matty? Absolutely. Okay.
1: We were debating this. Let's get your take. Is I don't want to hear about some hypothetical future in which we're dreaming on it, like Avon and Stringer sitting on the porch <laughs> that last episode together and they're dream let's dream on it, Stringer. I want to know today, based on what we've seen, how much is Mariota worth per game? I think it's more. I would say three
3: and a half, three to four points. I think Marcus Mariota is <laughs> really, really good and about to take a big step forward this year. Yeah, I made God him.
2: Damn. I made him six, Maddie. So, oh man, what did I make? Three, and three
1: and a half, half
2: four? to four. <laughs> You're, you might, you you might be right there, RJ. The um, uh,
1: but but on Colin's podcast, who gets a few more listens than ours, the two-time Super Contest winner made me feel off. So it, it was like, oh, I think it's six. Uh, I can't get them all right. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. Philadelphia. And you know, what's funny speaking of busting balls is you guys. And again, we do videos, you and Brad powers. And by the way, speaking of Brad powers, this guy, he actually did a pod with Colin. and call. He's a college specialist. We've got, two nfl specialists here and we've got two college specialists on the dream preview that's already up right now and this is going to be very systematic this year with podcast one wednesday overnight so like at midnight wednesday it's available for college overnight thursday midnight for pros and obviously 6 a.m thursday it's there even earlier Um, And Brad's on the college side. And if uh, we've got the whole week one schedule, we broke down all the big games up right there. But you and Brad do a lot of videos. I jump into some videos for the NFL. Once the season starts and you guys did two videos on two teams that the wise guys were betting Tennessee and the second team Maddie mentioned today, the Philadelphia Eagles. So really, Fez, you text me. You go, well, what do we need Maddie for? We had these teams.
2: Well, and it goes to show. Do you want to say it to his face or just? <laughs> the, uh, the wise guys should agree. When, when, when we ask, we, there should be a, a high correlation. And uh, Maddie, no, I, I didn't copy off you.
1: <laughs> so tell us your thoughts on the Eagles.
2: You know, the Eagles, I love Carson Wentz in his second year. I love the fact that they stole the Bears uh wide receiver, Jeffrey. They stole Torrey Smith from San Francisco. So now they got two wide receivers that he can throw to, but it's all really schedule driven as well, RJ. Last year, the last 14 games of the year, let me really emphasize how difficult their schedule was. They played the Bengals, they played the Vikings, pretty average teams, and they played 12 teams that were better than those two teams. Teams like Green Bay. Seattle, Atlanta, the Steelers, uh, the Cowboys twice. You get the idea. He sounded no-
1: like Michael Colleone in Godfather 1 where he's going all family business, Strachey, and he starts going through. <laughs> the
2: way he was like
1: rolling his tongue to those teams, the
2: Packers. The- no, no team other than the Patriots could have survived that schedule. Basically, the average number of wins of those teams was like 10 week after week. Okay. Parisi.
1: Eagles. I tell you, it just makes me think about Chip Kelly. It'd be very interesting if this team does well this year. And, you know, I, I just, I keep going back, and I was defending Chip Kelly for so long. Like, they won 10, they won 10, they had a bad year, and they never really had a quarterback. And it's like, how can you, you know, how could no one wins in the NFL without a quarterback, hardly. And, I mean, I guess Houston kind of did last year, but, boy, that was a sign of how good the rest of the team was. What's your thoughts on the Eagles? I, I really, I, I don't, I'm not as high on them as some people. I
3: don't love the roster. I have them as the fourth best offense in this division and second best defense in the NFC East. So I don't, I'm just not sure how they get there. Um, I, I understand the schedule is more beneficial this year, but I'm not as high on the roster as some people. Look, you think that, you know, their quarterback may take a leap forward this year. I'm more higher on Trevor Simeon making that leap forward, obviously. And I just don't love the Philly defense. Best
1: bats in a moment. First team with one team getting faded a lot. Detroit Lions. Maddie, what are you seeing behind the counter?
3: You know, it's unbelievable. These uh you know it it doesn't have to do with the Matthew Stafford contract, although that's going to come up a lot. This team has been faded all year. They weren't supposed to be very good last year, and they far exceeded expectations. If they beat Green Bay in that last game, then you know, they win the division. And I think a lot of times when a team's not supposed to be that good, they naturally regress the next year. Detroit has a tougher schedule this year, and, and just on paper, it looks like they're going to naturally regress.
1: I mean, if you, my first chance this year to say, Jim, Bob, Cooter, love saying it, offensive coordinator is, if you look at the stats since he became offensive coordinator, it's Stafford's stats are amazing. And we can, you know, we always hear about arbitrary endpoints, beginning point. Well, this is the opposite of arbitrary. A new coordinator is supposed to be this big disruptive thing. And man, oh man, if you look at the touchdown to interception ratio, what do you think about the
2: Lions, Fest? Well, the problem is the defense, not the offense. And the problem is they can't beat good teams. Matthew Stafford, something like five and forty-four against winning teams yeah, in the call NFL. It, oh, no, well, no, no, on the road. No, period. He does not beat winning teams. No,
1: I mean he doesn't have a great record against winning teams at all. But it's not five and forty. I'll, I'll, I think it's that bad. All I right. do. So this would be good. This would be an actionable thing. Fez is going to tweet out, and it's at Fezzik Sports. F e z z i k at Fezzik Sports. Is Stafford's record against winning teams absolutely? And, and it- you can't have you can't put asterisks. Just put the number.
2: <laughs> and the uh, the defense gave up five point nine yards per yeah. play. So that's a, that's a, that's putrid. And they lost their best sacker already is out for the year with a uh, with an injury. And Matty mentioned the schedule. They played a very easy schedule last year. This year they play an above average schedule. There's two games against the Vikings. They should have lost them both last year. I watched them both. They won them both. Go back and watch those. If you are a Viking fan, you will set your hair on fire. All right. Let's talk Jets and then best bats.
1: Faz, you've got – I mean, I've got to be honest. Most people agree with you here, and whenever I hear someone say, for the first time ever, blah, 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 I'm thinking, huh, I wonder, because if it's been decades and decades and it hasn't happened, well, there's a reason. You think – let, first of all, let's define tanking. In your, To this conversation, what is tanking?
2: Tanking is for management and ownership of a team to do things to try to promote losing in order to get a better draft pick. Okay.
1: So you're saying, because here's something I thought the Browns did really well the last year or so. They said, we're not going to be good anyway. We've had a big transition front office, brought in the analytics guy, the sabermetrics guy. And w- we've been so bad anyway. What's one more losing year? And they got very young and they made a lot of decisions that lessened the chance of winning this year in exchange for winning in the future or increasing the chance to win in the future. To me, that's as val Any trade, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, the Browns traded uh, or the Steelers traded with the Browns and they gave them a third round choice. The next year for a fourth round choice this year. That's the very definition of the Browns had a lesser chance to win in the given year because they didn't have that fourth round choice, but they have a third round choice the next year. That, to me, is super valid. And I'm sure the Jets, and I think they've done some of that. And it's not just trades, but it can be cutting guys that maybe this year they're going to add some value, but you'd rather save the money and, and, and spend it on you know whatever else because that guy's not going to be here next year and that's the year you really care about. I think there's all kind of ways to do this. And I agree the Jets are doing it. Here's my question to you, Fez. First game of the year, 43-yard field goal for the Jets to win. They're down two. Does the GM want them to make that field goal? No. All right. Now, that is that would be like a type of like we should have an investigation. What do you think about that, man?
3: I think while tanking certainly does exist in the NBA because one player can turn around the your your whole franchise in one single season, I don't... If you
1: get the lottery pick That's right. Yeah.
3: LeBron James makes any single team in the Eastern Conference the favorite to win the Eastern Conference.
1: That doesn't exist in the you NFL. Think that's team. true. So, any, so who's the worst team in the Eastern Conference right Let's now? Let's say Brooklyn. Would we agree so on that? Le- they're favored over the Celtics with LeBron on Brooklyn. Boy, it's close. I bet oh, you those like numbers would be close. Oh, that sounds like a fun debate when the NFL Dream Pod <laughs> is...
3: But I'm sorry, go ahead. But in the NFL, you were going to say. That doesn't happen in the NFL. One player doesn't
1: change your fortune overnight like it can in other sports. And if you think about it, the reason the NBA instituted the lottery to start with was, you know, in the NFL, if you have the worst record, you're guaranteed the first pick. In the NBA, you can have the worst record and what? Get the fourth pick even, right? And you can have the 13th best. What was it? Was it the Orlando Magic that was like had the uh, was it the Penny Hardaway draft? I can't remember, but had the worst a uh, chance in the lottery, and they got the first pick, right? And I think that's happened one other time. So, Fez, you've got you've got history against you. What have you seen that tells you that you feel that strongly the Jets are trying to lose?
2: Well, it's like the color of money, the art of the dump. You know, you don't want it to be so obvious that everyone can see it, but, well, how are we not going to win? Well, let's get rid of all of our playmakers at wide receiver. Let's get rid of Brandon Marshall. Let's get rid of Decker also. So we let's go ahead and give our – Quarterback Hackenberg, who can't play a lick, and Petty, the a lot of starts instead of McCown, it gives you the best chance to win. McCown won't be starting after a month. Um, but couldn't that be playing for the future? Is it McCown
1: is old enough that hey, maybe the chance of Petty or whatever being good is slim, or whomever is pretty slim, but is greater than zero? So with McCown, you know he's not going to be your quarterback in two years. So couldn't you make the case for the future of the franchise? It's better. Forget. Trying or having less of a chance of winning now,
2: isn't it better if it's even a 5% chance one of those quarterbacks becomes something? Sam Darnold's my quarterback next year. That's, that is <laughs> that, that. that is the emphasis. And I, we saw this with the Lakers. Here's my, you're right, an NFL team has never done this, but NBA teams do it all the time. And they didn't do it before, and they learned to do it. And it's a natural progression to say, hey, I'm going to copy off the Lakers. They had a protected third-round pick. We saw the Lakers dump at the end of last year. Management, the beat writer, said it's critical that we don't lose that pick I think to me in football
1: if you don't play a hundred percent you have a much better chance of getting hurt I think the given is the players are going to play as hard as possible agree behind the counter Matty what have you seen with the Jets action
3: I don't know that it's that strong I think you know that strong meaning. of a feeling that they're definitely tanking. I think it's more of a rebuild personally. And some of the th- sometimes the problem with you know the Deckers and and some of the guys that you talked about is when you know a team's going to be bad and you're paying stars, those stars become a cancer in a losing locker room. Oh, I don't want to play on this team. Suddenly their ankles hurt, and, and it can become really problematic to the younger guys. I don't think it's a bad idea to get rid of stars on a team that you know is going to be bad in order to start young and build for the future and blow up something that didn't work right
2: i'm willing to make the ultimate sucker bet that is not mathematically accurate at all i love it i will bet that the jets either tie for the worst or have the worst record in the nfl this year against the field oh i'll take that for sure dinner not five hundred dollars rj bell (laughs) i know that i know the true odds i should be getting plus 230 or whatever
1: that's actually an interesting bet what would you put the number at, man? Why don't you think about it? And at the very end, after the best bets, we're going to start with Fez on the best bets. And then you can think on what you'd put the number. Will they? Will any team have less wins than than them is the way to phrase it, I think. Less than the Jets. I think that's certainly saying, uh, yes, a team would would be favored. I Yes, think. it certainly uh, is favored. All right, Fez, we talked about your Twitter account, but also up at pregame.com. A ton of stuff. I mean, every day pretty much. It's all free in the forms. By the way, a new pregame talk since last football season and our game center, I think, is quite frankly the best free odds by a full notch than any out there, including cash splits. So a lot of sites have oh eighty six percent of the tickets are here. We've got how much cash is on team A and team B. Very valuable. Response has been really strong to that feature in particular. Fez what's your best bet on a season long bet?
2: We're gonna to go to the Indianapolis Colts. We're gonna play under eight. We're gonna lay minus a dollar sixty. Now normally RJ, I would never make a bet where I could have played under eight and a half and lay a dollar ten. And you're saying, what? A, what are you doing? Now you're basically playing under eight and a half, lay two ten. When you're playing under eight, lay a dollar sixty because a half game's worth about fifty cents. So there's about equivalent bets. But everything has changed here. I see this as the ultimate free roll. I think there's a twenty percent chance that we don't see Andrew Luck essentially all year long. I think there's about a fifty percent chance that he comes back. He's not right, and he gets sat back down. And there's about a 30% chance he comes back and he can play. So there's a 30% chance I got a somewhat so, so bad the, bet. So what
1: the finance guys would do, and this is like when there's a merger or something, scenario A, what's the price? B, C, what's the price? What's the chances? And you fraction it out and you aggregate it. And you guys do that behind the counter with injuries and such. What is the line if if, if it's announced Andrew Luck's 100%? and the doctors are, like, you're sure he's 100%. What's the win total for the Colts? Pops right back up to 8.6. Okay. So as you think about the splits of that possibility versus the other possibilities, eight under 160 looks real good.
2: Yeah, because I'm going to win. If Tolzien's playing most of the games, I win. If Luck plays all the games, which I think is unlikely, I still have a decent enough chance to steal it. And if he's less than 100%, probably this number's... I mean, if Luck's 80%
1: for the whole year... This is probably at least a 50% bet. I think it's a 60% bet. And obviously, with a backup, much, much better. What quick thought on that bet? Colts under 8, minus minus I could never bet it over right now.
3: I could only bet it under, especially because I'm high on Tennessee. I actually think Jacksonville's roster, should their team should be better than it is if they get any quarterback play because their roster is good. So there's no possible way I could bet the Colts over 8. I could only bet it under because I think they have the worst roster outside of quarterback in the entire division.
1: In the t- entire division or entire NFL? In their entire division. And their disrespect the division. Jets now. <laughs> because that's always been the debate for years is Colts might have the worst roster in the league without um, luck. And a lot of people have said Green Bay might have one of the worst rosters without Rodgers. And it just goes to show you that these are playoff teams with healthy quarterbacks. You know, you can go from being the fifth worst team to the fifth best team just based upon if Aaron Rodgers plays or doesn't. All right, Matty Holt. You Twitter... And, you know, I actually have an idea for the Super Contest. I'm going to pitch it off air. But next week, guys, there might be something fun we can talk about. But um, you uh, on Twitter, your handle is uh, at Matthew Holt, VP, Matthew Holt. V- we call you Matty, But OK, Matthew Holt, VP. Follow him on Twitter. A lot of good stuff there. A lot of UFC stuff. You're a big UFC fan. Um, and you do a podcast about that and everything. First of all, what's your what's your odds on the Jets of any team having less wins? I think mathematically it's a little higher, but I think I would give you plus
3: two hundred.
0: Because Ooh, really the, I mean, the,
3: the you get even money, just the Browns and the Jets are even already, and then any other team I think you have to get plus two hundred. Then the Colts don't win a game and I
1: lose because
2: yeah. I, I, I guess I hedge ah. I'm hedged on the other Your bet. Your whole though. life's a big hedge. You've <laughs> got,
1: you got a big spreadsheet <laughs> and there's a big plus number at the bottom. I know that much. Best bet, Matty Holt. I love the Denver Broncos at four to one to win the AFC
3: West here, and I know a lot of people are, are hugely high on Oakland because of that offense. I'm not sure Marshawn Lynch is going to be a their defense is still terrible they're one of the worst teams in the secondary and they don't get to the quarterback i'm down on kansas city losing spencer ware to me hurts i think alex smith has a ceiling and he hit it a long time ago and i'm going to go for trevor simeon to take a step up and at four to
1: one in a division that's really tight i love the broncos i tell you guys this was one of the best dream pods i love the behind the counter i love the the great presentation i mean If you're listening to a pod and and it's not good showmanship, not good when it comes to providing the info, even if it's good, it can be a slog. You guys entertain and you inform. Great stuff. Remember, college is up now, too. Next week, we're going to be breaking down the biggest week one games. If you want to follow me on Twitter, all the good content there, at RJ in Vegas. Talk to you there.
0: Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. one.com.